The Benefits of Exercise, a Kinship Carers Victoria podcast. This podcast is part of a series on kinship carer self-care and well-being. It was recorded and produced on Jara Country, the land of the Jaja Wurrung people, and we extend our ongoing respect to all Kulin Nation peoples, the traditional custodians of these lands, and pay respect to the elders, both past and present, and to the deep knowledge of the land that is embedded within the Indigenous communities. No, I didn't have any time for exercise and I've actually just started now trying to get back on the bandwagon. I want the rain to stop if that's stopping me from going for a walk. I feel a little bit edgy if I can't exercise. The benefits of exercise are well documented. In Australia, we're blessed with the weather and space to make all sorts of exercise options available to us. Walking, jogging, swimming, cycling, strength training or sports such as golf and tennis. Most are easily accessible and relatively inexpensive. The National Heart Foundation suggests just 30 minutes of even moderate exercise per day can reduce your risk of heart disease. Exercise has also been shown to reduce cancer and diabetes risk, reduce inflammation, promote the healthy turnover of immune cells, and can boost mental health. The main thing is to get moving. Sitting down for long periods is thought of as the new smoking and can be very detrimental to your physical and mental health. And importantly, if you have never exercised much or haven't done so for a lengthy period, pay a visit to your GP and let them know if you're planning to start exercising. And if you have any physical conditions that may affect your ability to exercise safely. We spoke with two Victorian carers, their names are not published for privacy reasons, who shared details of their personal carer circumstances and what role exercise plays in their lives. I'm 71, I've been a widower for five and a half years. Approximately 13 years ago, my wife and I gained well, we, we grabbed my daughter's two children because uh, she was not in a very good place and they were not being brought up at all well. So after about six years of fighting the, the system, we finally got permanent care orders. The early part of last year, the granddaughter, she turned 18 and was no longer subject to the permanent care order. My grandson, who has only recently turned 16, he's got a bit under two years to go. I was extremely lucky that my wife was the ultimate homemaker. But since, uh, since my wife has passed, it was incredibly trying, more often than not. But we get there, we get there. Well, when I was in my 32-year career, it took quite a toll on my body, especially my hips, my knees and my ankles, which makes it difficult to do much in the way of exercise. So my main exercise now is walking my two dogs. That's about all the exercise I get now. I used to be a middle-distance swimmer, but that was when I was young and fitting in school. But uh, yeah, now it's only walking. That's about all I get. So in 2011, I was asked by um, the department to look after my two little cousins. 
for 12 months or so, um, and we were awarded permanent care in 2015. It, it has had a huge impact on our lives, actually, from going from a family of five to a family of seven, then being abused daily by the girls' parents doesn't sort of help the situation. And then with my older children being 12 and 14, taking on the little ones at the time who were um, one and two and then um, yeah sort of taking time away from my girls to have no time to myself <laughs> and then obviously very little couple time and um, the little ones you know had gone through quite a bit of trauma so there were some behavior issues and the constant pressure of these gosh just nuts and even the last 12 months have just made us feel a little lost sometimes and sometimes we want to crawl in a hole but really when it comes down to it the most rewarding thing is that we've got two beautiful girls who are now 12 and 13 while they still have some behavioral issues their smiles at the end of the day are what actually make you realize we've done the right thing their family and we would do nothing less just before i got the girls back in 2011 because i had a car accident in 2005 which sort of put me out of any sort of exercise I was in a wheelchair for quite a while walking stick the whole lot at the end of 2010 started 2011 my daughter my oldest daughter started year seven and I dropped her off at school and then I would um, walk the whole of our area and do an hour walk every morning after I dropped her off at school and I'd lost about 20 kilos which was brilliant getting the kids uh, that all went via the wayside because of, you know, all their appointments and everything. And I had no time for myself that I put on probably 35 kilos. I then thought, nah, I'm going back to doing what I wanted to do. So I did some personal training, felt really good. And then, um, yeah, life got really hard again. I'm currently at the moment looking after my little one-year-old grandson who stay stayed with us this week, the week before he was with mum, but she's got cancer and it's terminal. So, you know, we now take on the next lot if that makes sense. Exercise is such a hard thing at the moment for me. Nick Dorian is a trainer based in central Victoria who runs a fitness studio for women. As a busy mum with two boys she can relate to all carers who are time poor and has shaped her group classes to be short but high impact. Nick also welcomes children and provides an area for them to play. All classes are female focused and provide a full body workout combining cardio, strength and flexibility in an environment that is supportive and non-judgmental. Nick discusses the benefits of exercise and best types of exercise for different ages and situations. So any form of exercise is good exercise and the Australian government recommends 30 minutes of moderate physical activity each day for older adults, so 65 plus and this can be things like walking, swimming, golfing, gardening, tennis, anything like that. And I also recommend resistance training. So it's really important to keep your strength up as you age, especially to help with your balance and flexibility. And the advantages of regular exercise, it reduces any risk of health issues. So things like chronic illnesses such as high cholesterol, diabetes, heart disease, cancers, etc. And of course it helps with, with maintaining a healthy weight. And as you age, it helps to reduce the risk of falls, gives you more energy, helps you sleep better, and it reduces your anxiety and stress levels as well as uh, your concentration and your mental health. 
helps you to feel better about yourself or helps you to feel more confident. The more often that you go for a walk or something like that, if you're not feeling very good about yourself, I can guarantee that you will feel a hundred times better after you exercise. As we get older, everyday tasks such as climbing stairs, bending over to pick things up, or playing with grandchildren can become harder. After the age of about 30, people naturally begin to lose muscle mass and strength. Although this loss can be reduced or prevented to a large degree through regular strengthening of our muscles. Muscle strength is not just important for daily activities, but also assists with bone health as well as helping to manage blood pressure, blood sugar and cholesterol levels. This may in turn help to prevent and control heart disease and type 2 diabetes. In addition, stronger muscles support your joints and balance, which can mean less hip and knee problems down the track and help prevent falls. Nick shares her thoughts on strength training. Strength training is really, really, really important for everyone. Not so important when you're a child and growing up. From the time we're born up until the age of about 30 to 35, our muscle mass keeps increasing. It peaks at around the age of 30 to 35, and then it just starts gradually declining each year. So by the time you get to 65 or 70, you might find that you're really struggling with your mobility and your balance. For example, I've had a lady come to me before wanting personal training, and I think she was um, 65. She was playing with her grandkids and she fell over playing footy with them. She just lost her balance. Um, so strength training can definitely help with that and helps you to stay more independent. Obviously we can't slow down the aging process, but, but we can definitely help by staying strong, um, which is going to increase your balance. Lessen the frequency of falls and things like that that, that can happen as, as you age and it can also lessen chronic illnesses. Strength training on its own is not going to give you all the health benefits you need. You still need to make the effort to get some regular aerobic exercise such as walking, swimming or cycling. Practicing some form of stretching on a regular basis is also of great benefit. It's really important to warm up before you exercise because if your joints and your muscles are not warmed up then you could actually end up injuring yourself and I have actually done that myself. <laughs> For example, I just stepped up onto a step and injured my calf muscle end up in a moon boot for like a few months. So it's really important that you warm up before you exercise. It only takes five minutes. It could even just be a walk like up and up and down the street or, you know, around the house. As for stretching after you've done exercise, it's not so important if you're just doing moderate exercise like swimming or walking or riding but if you're doing resistance or weight training then that that's when it becomes really important to stretch out the muscles so even just like three to five minutes and that helps your muscles to recover quicker i'm a type 2 diabetic controlled by tablets i feel that in my 71st year i'm not fighting fit anymore. I fear having to go under the knife and get um, titanium hips put in and knees and ankles. But at the same time, I think I could probably get back into swimming. 
yeah, so I have osteoarthritis in my knees, um, hence the reason why I swim so much, but I've also grown up swimming. Not that I'm a runner or anything, but I jar my knees, so that makes it sort of hard. So, yeah, I do the softer sort of stuff, and, yeah, it does limit, you know, depending on how bad they are on a daily basis, it limits what I can do. Certain health issues, chronic conditions or injuries will affect the way people exercise and the types of exercise they can do. If you have any health issues, you can still exercise, but it is important to consult first with your GP or physiotherapist. You want to make sure you've got a clearance from your GP or your physio to go ahead with the actual exercise and then you just gradually start introducing it into your routine. So if you enjoy walking, then you want to go say 10 minutes a couple of times a week and then gradually increase increase it by five minutes each time you go so start going monday wednesday friday for 10 15 minutes and then increase it to 20 minutes monday wednesday friday and you just gradually increase it like that if it's getting a little bit too easy you can start walking a little bit faster do your interval training you can start walking up hills with your resistance training, you'd start off with just say like 10 minutes three times a week and then gradually increase that as you go until you get up to 30 minutes two or three times a week. Our carers had some questions for Nick about how far to push yourself and how to fit exercise in. When doing light exercise or starting a new exercise regime like swimming, do you do it until it just starts to hurt? And then do you go that extra minute the following day until it just starts to hurt and so on? I guess you could push yourself. I think probably the more times that you go and making it a routine is probably more important. But you will get to a stage where you, where you might feel like it's too easy in that case, then you can add that on. With weight training, the number of repetitions helps. So when you were doing like, say for example, a side raise, the last two repetitions should feel like a bit of a struggle. And that's when you would stop. With walking, it doesn't really matter as long as you try and add on time and frequency. So the question I've got is how can we implement something into our lives being so time poor? So you, usually from my experience, people that say that they're too busy to exercise is that they're not prioritising their health or fitness because I, I think it's possible for anyone to find time. Even if you know if you have little kids, take them with you, bike riding or something like that. Even with toddlers, you can pop them on the back in a little seat. There's always something that you can do, go to the swimming pool. If classes don't fit in with your schedule, then there's zillions of workouts online. Um, it's just a matter of trying to find one that suits you. There is never the perfect time. Something will always happen and or you'll be interrupted and there's never gonna be the perfect time. And don't be put off by thinking that, you know, everything has to be perfect, that you need exactly 30 minutes to go for a walk or to, to do any form of exercise. Even if you're just doing like five, 10 minutes a day, it all adds up. You can just add on another five minutes here and there throughout the day. The most important thing when it comes to health and fitness is, is to stay consistent. Add it into your diary if that helps. So even being a trainer, I find hard to motivate myself. So if you've got it in your diary, say for example, um, I'm gonna go and meet my friend at 10 o'clock every Tuesday, 
then that just becomes a habit and a routine and you just go and do it. You don't even think about doing it. So it becomes part of your routine and it makes it a lot easier. Ultimately, the best kind of exercise is whatever works for you, what your body can manage and what is achievable day to day. And the best exercise should also be something you enjoy. Even walking 20 minutes a day will increase your physical and mental health. In the next two podcasts, we'll explore other ways to look after yourself through getting good, regular sleep, and also how taking up new hobbies and expanding your interests supports wellbeing. This podcast was made possible by generous support from the Department of Families, Fairness and Housing and the Carer Cafe.